Ah, welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast. I'm your sultry smooth host, Dominic Paskowski, and with me is the buttery smooth vocals of Christopher Paskowski. Hey, what's up, ladies and gents? It's your boy, Chrissy Chris. We're about to take you on a ride. Up. You hear that? That's the sound it- of me stalling because the topics in the NFL were super dry. They ain't, ain't nothing happening. But that's okay. Because, because we here. Always have we stuff chilling. to talk about. Shall we, Chris? Shall we review the news of the NFL this week? I think we might as well. Now's a better time than ever, baby. First up on the docket that happened this week. (laughs) Just a little bit of hilarious news. The Rams signed Bobby Wagner. Which means the Ravens didn't get him. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. Honestly, good. Uh, I needed that. I need a good little laugh like that. You know what I mean? No, it's always good to watch the demise of other franchises within our division. It's it's very comforting. It's always good to see that crab cakes are not a good sell for a team. Because mm. who likes crab True. cakes? Nobody. Who? Oh. Right. Yeah, the Rams, He uh, Bobby Wagner, he chose the Rams over the Ravens. He says it was because he gets to play the Seahawks twice a year. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think he's mad about that whole thing went down. You know what's funny about that is I think the Seahawks must have something in the organization. Maybe they don't handle business correctly. Maybe they don't, they're not as fluid in conversations with players. Because Earl Thomas was pissed when he left the Seahawks. I think Cam Chancellor retired on a good note. Richard Sherman wasn't happy when he left the Seahawks. You got Russell Wilson on a different team. They're talking about Rumors that they could trade DK Mac Metcalf. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what's going on with Seattle, to be honest. I always feel like Seattle's one of those teams to where they are very highly regarded whenever there are people on that team. But yeah, I've noticed that too. It, it, I've, a lot of times when people do leave that organization, it, you, you don't really hear a lot of good things about it. Um, yeah. So really curious. And, and, I don't know if you're trying to transition or anything, but uh, like like you brought up with DK Metcalf, that's kind of been big or kind of the big rumor lately. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't personally, I don't foresee them going through with it. I don't foresee them trading away DK Metcalf because he is their biggest star. However, hot take for you. I don't personally believe DK Metcalf is as good as the hype around him personally no dom stop oh that's blasphemous oh no it's too outlandish what are you talking about it's too crazy i really named my first kid d and my (laughs) next kid k (laughs) after the famous gorilla from nintendo (laughs) i really i I just i'm sorry i i I, I just really don't think he's as good as what people think he is I, i mean i you know, people make wild accusations and comparisons to um, Calvin Johnson, which if you are making comparisons to Calvin Johnson, you are a child who never watched Calvin Johnson play. Oh. And 
he's just not, you know what? I bet I'm getting this in the background. There we go. He's just not like that talented to be considered that. I hated the same thing when they did that with, with Claypool too. I hated when they were, when they called him Mapletron compared to, to Calvin Johnson. As we all know, Claypool's no Calvin Johnson. I wish he was. No, I was going to say, I kind of hate how much they're loosely throwing uh, the title of Megatron around because like, yeah, you can have the dimensions of a six foot five receiver with 2% body fat, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be uh, a hall of famer by any means. Um, So I think, I think he's solid. I don't think he's that good, but I think he's solid. No, I, I, I don't think DK Metcalf is a bad wide receiver at all. I just think he gets way too much hype for mostly his size and intimidation, to be honest. Um, looking, I, I saw a post today um, talking about, like, how would you rank these wide receivers? And it had uh, Debo Samuels, uh, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf, and uh, Terry McLaren. Uh, uh, suspiciously, suspiciously left off Deontay, but sure. Well, of course, because they always leave out Deontay. But I, I was like, you know, looking at this list, and and I, I personally don't really know too much about uh, McLaren. But at the same time, am I saying that right, McLaren? Yeah, yeah, you're saying yeah. that right. I, I don't really know too much about him, or I haven't watched a whole lot on his tape. But at the same time, I, I felt like I was gonna put DK at number three in that slot. You know where I'm putting personally, him? number four. I'm putting him at number four. Fight me, mm. everybody. I don't care. Fight me. Terry McLaurin is really, really good. Aja Brown's a better receiver all all around. And Debo Samuel's Debo Samuel. I mean, um, I De- feel like Debo Samuel definitely had this year wrapped up in a bag, so he probably claimed that one spot out of those four guys for sure. DK's going DK's going four on that list. You can argue with a wall. I don't care. That's where he's that's where I'm putting him. He's not better than all three of those receivers. No, and what really bummed me out too is because obviously I see some really rash takes uh, on Twitter and being like, hey, would you guys be okay with us trading Deontay Johnson for DK Metcalf? And I go, first off, absolutely not. I think Deontay Johnson is way more versatile than DK, but also our trick. Okay, what's we we need wide receivers. I mean, we're we're we're. I don't want to trade away draft capital. I don't want, cause it was like, I think it was Deontay and extra draft picks for yeah, DK. No. And I'm like, we, nope. we need that capital. We need to draft other guys. I feel like we could get other guys in the draft that are as talented as DK Metcalf at the wide receiver position. We, we can't, depending trade on when we draft. We can't trade Deontay and capital because Deontay and DK are probably on the same plane of just being solid enough. I think a lot of Steeler fans hate Deontay because we've seen him drop balls here and there. But but Steeler fans, you guys don't watch every Seahawks game. I'm not saying I do either. But you can't just assume that DK Metcalf is super good because the media tells you he is. Watch some tape. He's not as good as what you think he is. Uh, moving on. Other things happen in the news. This, this is the kind of stuff I have written down, Chris, because it, literally nothing's going on. We expected this. We're waiting for the draft. Everyone's waiting for the draft. Uh, I've written down that Dolphins traded away Devontae Parker for a third round pick to the Patriots. And then after it, I put, who cares? Do you? <laughs> no. No. Uh, after that, we got we lost Taco Charlton. Rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. I just put that down because I thought he played pretty well in the backup. And I think it's 
And the only other reason I put this down, because you might be saying, who cares, right? Because he didn't really play a lot. We did. Yes, we signed some Jannard uh, Avery last week as depth, but I still think we need depth. And I am wondering now, maybe that's a position we draft. I know the Steelers get horny to draft edge rushers. So we'll see if they draft one here or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after Taco leaving, the very last one, which actually is kind of big because I think it affects us the most. A lot of fans, when this happened this week, were kind of very confused by this news. But I think it affects us a lot. And here's what it is. It is the Eagles and the Saints made a NFL draft trade. Now, let me pull up the specifics on that because I don't remember exactly what they were. Um, you know, I got to scroll uh, through they, me and Chris's many, many tweets that we send back and forth through each other. Uh, while you find that, uh, I, roughly the big ones are just trading away the, I believe it was the 19th pick for the 16th and the 18th or something like that. Yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles traded away picks 16 and 19 and 194 to the Saints in exchange for picks 18, 101, 237, a 2023 first. And a 2024 second. So basically the order, if you can't keep up here, is uh, Eagles will pick 15, Saints pick 16, uh, Chargers 17, Eagle, uh, yeah, Eagles 18, Saints 19. And so, then us. So let's take a second to just kind of break this down, right? Because I, <laughs> when I, when I saw this, post uh about the news about the saints making that trade uh i felt like all any thoughts of if there were hope of getting a quarterback for the steelers kind of went out the window you know because i know the saints have been linked big time to uh kenny pickett uh and i know he's a potential option and i honestly feel like he pickett might be a guy that falls the most of the people I care about. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And I had to say that because I'm not a big uh, Corral or Howell person. Um, but at the same time, I I think another good point that was brought up uh, was the fact that, you know, maybe they should use these two picks to kind of just build the team right now. I feel like the Saints have definitely lost a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and they're they're under new head coach and everything. Do they want to bring in a rookie quarterback this season with one of those picks, or do they want to get two highly rated guys on defense or or something to right. just kind of build around and and have a better foundation for a guy like maybe Bryce Young next year or C.J. Stroud? Um, so right. I thought it was, it was kind of interesting. The, the 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 thing with the Saints and the NFL draft, like we've talked about before in the past, is that it is going to be crazy, I think, this year. I think it's really hard to predict. And you make a good point because this quarterback class isn't really that strong. I know it's kind of hypocritical to say that because the Steelers are also looking for a quarterback. But making a good point is because they have multiple draft picks, maybe they can use that to build for the future. However, you know, when I was really thinking about it, I don't think they really lost as much as I really thought they did. You know, they still mm-hmm. have Alvin Kamara. Their line still decent. You know, it's not like the worst line in the world. They still got Michael Thomas. They don't really have another receiver, per se. Um, at least another one that jumps off the page to you. Um, yeah. They they still have, 
the defenders that they like, you know, like Cam Jordan and um, the cornerback that's really good. I don't remember his name right now. Lattimore. Yes, Marshawn Lattimore. So I mean, they still got pieces here, so they can to make work. And I know they do like Kenny Pickett. I think what you know to kind of argue your point a little bit when you said this makes it maybe impossible to get a quarterback now. I don't think so. I think it just means they have to they have to spend more. You know, they have to sure. they have to they have to trade away more to get a quarterback, which I don't like, and I know you don't like either. No, and and I'm glad that you brought that up too because I you know. I, I feel like go, before going into the draft talk, um, I was like, man, I kind of wish maybe we would have lost a couple more games or, you know, gotten better draft capital, you know? Yeah, and I feel like you, you, you say those kinds of things every single year because you just want the best players in that draft. But the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of on board with sticking at that number 20 because, you know... There's that chance that maybe a guy like Pickett could drop all the way there. I've seen reports of Malik Willis potentially going there. But at the same time, to me, if those guys are off the board and we do not get a quarterback, I'm not necessarily heartbroken about it. I think there's yeah. a lot of other phenomenal talent of of team need needs that we should pursue, um, mm-hmm. especially at that number 20. So I, I, I feel like the Steelers are definitely in a good position, you know, with that signing of Trubisky where we got that bridge kind of thing going like we talked about previously. I don't know. I, I like that number 20 pick more and more I, that, that I think about it. I mean, even, you know, if you missed last week's podcast, which you shouldn't because this podcast is really good, ask my mom. Uh, enough. It's uh, this we, we, we talked about receivers last week and there's a chance because that is a pretty big need for us that, you know, if things are gone, I don't know if it's I personally don't think it's going to happen, but they could pick up a receiver in the first round. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, you know, to get a quarterback like Malik or Kenny, they'd have to trade him probably into the top 10, which is not something I'd really want to do to give up a lot of draft capital to get someone like that now don't get me wrong i really do like kenny i i understand that and i and i think malik can have a high ceiling and and has a lot and can have a lot of potential but to me both those players are kind of risks right uh because because kenny doesn't have the strongest arm in the league and doesn't have the biggest hands in the league and uh and malik can be inaccurate with a lot of short passes. And that's kind of like his tail of his tape a lot, which comes with uh, quarterbacks who like to maybe be a little more mobile. Um, also, you got to talk about injuries. When you talk about quarterbacks that are mobile, uh, like Malik is, uh, uh, you know, except for Lamar Jackson, who doesn't get hurt, but Lamar Jackson doesn't get touched. So, and you can't, I don't think he's going to be playing like Lamar Jackson. So, um, no, there's, uh, it, I, I understand the panic in Steeler fans when it's like, we need a quarterback and we need it now and we need to start winning. You don't find a Ben Roethlisberger. You don't find a Terry Bradshaw. You don't find your franchise guy immediately. You really don't. No. And I don't think this is the draft for it. Again, if we draft them, me and Chris are going to be happy because we're going to root for them. They're on our team now. But like Chris said, there's a lot of talent out there. And there's a lot of different ways the Steelers could go in the first round. So yeah, I think that's, I, why, that's why that tra- that trade affects us the most. Yeah, and uh, I, I I don't know why I was just kind of thinking about this, but you know how 
lately, whenever people talk about Malik Willis as a potential draft pick, they always talk about how how high of a ceiling he has and how he probably has the highest ceiling in the whole draft class. Um, but the biggest thing is he's just so raw that he probably would not start in his first year, maybe not first couple of years. Um, I, the more I think about Malik Willis as a potential draft pick to go to the Steelers, um, you know, it kind of worries me a little bit because if, if we have Mitch Trubisky at helm or if it's Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, taking the snaps, I'd much rather have Malik Willis sit behind a guy of a veteran. Like if we, if Malik Willis was in there and we still had Ben and he could learn under Ben, like Ben's not the, the, you know, wasn't the same player that he used to be uh, by any means, but the knowledge and, and being a veteran and just, uh, you know, a future hall of famer, I feel like Ben could have given out a lot more knowledge to the game than a guy like Mitch or um, Rudolph. And so, you know, when, when you're learning under a guy, I, I, I would almost feel more confident if we drafted him, but we still had Ben so he could learn under him rather than being like, all right, you're going to learn under Mitch Trubisky or you're going to learn under Mason Rudolph. Cause it's like, wow, what, what, a, what great, you know, lessons learned to watch those guys, you know? So and that's, I don't know. And that's what people talk about. That, that people talk about that's the mistakes that Kevin Colbert has made by not finding that quarterback until it's too late. Uh, because instead of drafting Terrell Edmonds, they could have drafted Lamar Jackson. You know, I don't know if that would have worked out, but they could have, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's been other quarterbacks they probably could have gotten. But um, but that being said, that's really interesting. And that segues right into the main topic of the night is, again, this is part two of us picking out positions of need for the Steelers and kind of picking a top three to talk about. Uh, I kind of pick... I'm going to pick some that are in the earlier rounds, like rounds one through three, maybe dip into four. And Chris is going to pick some that are kind of like three through, I don't know, six might be as late as it goes. Who knows? So this week, we're talking about safeties. Woo-woo. Woo-woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, safeties are, you might be thinking, well, I don't know if that's really a position of need. Yeah, it might not be. The the what's happening right now is again. This is what the fourth episode in the row where we're still talking about Tyron Matthew. He's going to take his time. Whatever, man. Like the hope is still there, but it, the hope is also dying out. You know what I mean? I'm not going to spend every day on my phone looking to make sure it happens. When I get the tweet, I get the tweet. Um, so hoping for Tyron Matthew still. Uh, Edmonds is still out there, and nobody wants him. So we could sign him back for cheap and then easy peasy, we're done, right? However, because still with the Edmonds thing in mind, I feel like we could still draft a safety because we're not really sold on Edmonds. There's a reason why he has not been re-signed yet. And I think it's because we're also still looking for maybe another option. And he thinks he's better than what he is. So maybe he would use this year to try to bulk up his stats and go somewhere else next year. Um but we would have a safety waiting in the wings, possibly. So that's the position we picked. And um, I guess I'll start it up, huh? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, go for it. I mean, like like Dom said before, he'll take on the earlier uh, part of the draft, kind of the top prospects of that safety class. Uh, and yeah, I'll hit, I'll hit you at the end here. Well, first up, it's a doozy, folks. It's a big one. And the only reason why I'm talking about this man is because I'm hearing little whispers. I'm hearing little rumors. 
that Look this. The whispers. Oh, there's sultry whispers. Super sultry. That Kyle Hamilton is dropping in the draft. Fast. Whoa. Kyle? K-Y-L-E? Kyle Hamilton? No. The GOAT? Yeah. He, they, they say he's dropping, Chris. I can't believe it. And it, gets, it got me thinking, man, Tara Matthew with Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, that'd be a dream. Mm. Kyle Hamilton with Minka Fitzpatrick on a rookie contract? That might be the dream, <laughs> to be honest. It, it might, might be, be better too with uh, the big contract that Mink is expected to sign here too. So. Correct, correct. So let's talk about Kyle, huh? If you don't know who he is, he is a the top safety prospect coming out of college. He's from Notre Dame. He is six four. Good God Almighty, two hundred twenty <laughs> pounds, thirty three arm wingspan. This man can fly. Forty yard dash, four point five nine. Respectable, probably why he's dropping. That's okay, because I would like I would like him to drop to us. Mm-hmm, this dude mm-hmm. now, if you've ever watched uh, Kyle Hamilton highlight tape, um, or maybe you haven't because you thought there's no possible way we could ever get him, you should. The thing with Kyle Hamilton, <laughs> it's kind of one of the situations because he is the top safety. It's like, what can you say about him that hasn't already been said? What can you say about him that you can't use with your own eyes to look at a highlight, right? I know you might be saying, that's unfair. You're a podcast. Give me the information. I don't want to Google. I'm lazy. Okay, well, I'll do the best I can. His highlight tape is, I I feel the best way to describe it is cool as a cucumber. This man, (laughs) he can do everything, but it just looks effortless. Like, it's like, he's like slow in a fast way. You know what I mean? Everything, mm. he, he just reads everything. He knows what things are going on. And everything's just kind of fluid. And it flows. He understands the defensive schemes. He moves. He, but he can pop you. He can hit you hard. He can, he's got great ball awareness. And I mean, the man's 6'4". What are you going to do? He's 6'4". He's just kind of, you know, he can play in the box. He can play outside. He can play deep. And uh, just imagining some guy that can... Pull, uh, cover the pass, especially being 6'4", kind of like how Minka can cover the pass, I feel like that opens the door for Minka to excel even more. Because Minka is a kind of a situation right now where teams are throwing away from him uh, because of how good he is. But Kyle Hamilton, being as tall as he is, as big as he is, you know, you play against teams with big tight ends, that's who Kyle's covering. And I'm going to feel a lot better about Kyle Hamilton covering Travis Kelsey covering some of the uh, Mark Andrews, covering Njoku, than I would feel about, like, you know, Edmonds. No offense to him, but that's, but like those guys are elite, and I think Kyle can match that. His uh, last year in college, he had, he went down in tackles compared, so I think the uh, Notre Dame's defense kind of all around got better. He had 34 tackles, 19 solo, uh, he's he doesn't rush the quarterback in college. I think he plays a lot of like he plays the run, but he plays a lot of pass too. Um, he did have three picks. He had eight total in his college career, and uh, four pass defended. So, but uh, so the stats don't really jump out at you as like anything crazy. But trust me when I say like he's he was the leader on his defense, and uh, I I think you're looking at. 
You get a man like this, I think you're looking at elite level statuses in the Steelers defense in the middle, where you have Minka and Hamilton potentially. You have Jack and Bush, and I think Bush is going to come on. And then you got Hayward and Tua and Alu Alu all in the middle. That's a great middle of the field. Which is a huge area that we lacked in all of last season. Right. Right, right, right. So not not much more to say. I mean, you know, we're, I I think I think when me and Chris watch the draft, we're gonna be making a big board of all the players are, that are possible because we just don't know what's gonna happen. It won't cross mm-hmm. them off as they come, but keep an eye out. I think that might be really really sweet <laughs> if they can pick him up. Right. All right. The next guy I'm gonna talk about is Daxton Hill. Oh, Daxton Hill is rumored to be probably a second round pick. Second, maybe maybe third, but I don't think he'll make it that far, uh, especially after watching his tape. He is from Michigan. He is six feet tall, and his 40-yard dash time, which makes sense after I watched his tape. I did not know this prior. I'm just looking at it now. It is a 4-3-8. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> this man is like a human missile. You watch his highlights. This this dude plays the run extremely well. He is constantly getting in there. He's fast, and he pops people hard. Him and the next safety I talk about are very similar in that sense, actually. He just crushes people. I mean, I was having his highlights running earlier, and uh, he, he's quick to adjust on a play. On a slant, on a flat, he's moving around. He's making those plays, and he can cover the man coverage pretty well, too, within the slot because of his speed, mostly. His speed makes up for it. Now, he's not catching every pick. You know, um, he might leave some opportunities out there for other people. That's kind of what Edmonds did, kind of do a tip drill type situation. Um, so maybe so the pass isn't necessarily, I would say, like his strongest point, you know, but I, it's definitely not a weak point either. His strong point is really just lighting people up. You want to you, you want a guy on the Steelers defense that maybe causes some fear in some people, maybe like a Ryan Clark used to. That's this guy right here. Daxon Hill just cr- crushes people. He runs a four three eight speed right into your gullet. My gosh, that's like a bullet. It it really is, man. This guy is fast and he's quick. His last and, year. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was just gonna say, and, and I, exactly what Dom's saying with being a good tackler and just kind of laying the boom. You know, I feel like when you look at defensive backs, everyone looks for the pass deflections and the. Uh, interceptions, but I feel like if you know the Steelers, they want a tackler. They want someone who can wrap you up and take you down or just lay the hit. So, yes, I, so, I like so, this. I like this. Yeah, I would say this safety and the next one I'm about to talk about, either those guys, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, Kyle Hamilton, great. Either of these guys, I think personally, I would be excited about. And I don't say that a lot when I watch tape. I Chris, Chris show me some tape and I get kind of like bored sometimes, but but these guys, takes, are, they're both they're both very, very explosive. And I feel like either one of these guys I would love. And that's why I think none of these guys will get because <laughs> that's just what happens. But <laughs> I do love him. In his last year in college, he had 69 tackles, 42 solo, half a sack. He can rush the quarterback and he's quick at it, too. Uh, he he had two picks, a fumble return and eight pass defended, which is nuts. Now, it doesn't talk about tackles for loss here, but let me tell you that on any sweep play, on any 
half pack toss on the wide receiver screen, he was there like that. It was very, very impressive. That was very nice. The last, the last safety I got for you folks out there is a player who's actually been linked to the Steelers frequently. Uh, it sounds like a player that they like, and it makes sense because he's not too far away. He grew up in Pittsburgh himself as Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Brisker! Jaquan Brisker is kind of slated to be a second-round pick. Uh, third round probably is more realistic, I would, I would say. His 40-yard dash time is a 4-4-9. Respectable. Not bad. And he's 6-1. He's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. Jaquan Brisker, in his last year playing at Penn State, he had 63 tackles, 38 solo tackles, one fumble return, two picks, and five pass defended. Now, with Jaquan Brisker's highlights, uh, he's kind of, man, he's kind of the same boat as Daxton Hill. I feel like when you hear that the Steelers like a player, you can kind of get a sense of why that is. Right, they they kind of they have a certain type, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. uh, everyone's got a type with who they're romantically involved with. That's how the Steelers are with certain players, and <laughs> this guy fits the bill because of his run defense. And I think that's the biggest part of it, right? He is not afraid to get right up in there in the box, right up in that line, get messy, put his body in the line, and stop a run, or at least cause some commotion, some chaos to make that run stop shortage. And we were absolute garbage at run defense last year, which is not very Steeler like. No, and I think that was I think that was my biggest takeaway and why I'd be also excited to get this kid because you get to it back, you get Allah Alu back like we've talked about before in the past. Miles Jack and Devin Bush hopefully are playing a little better, and then this guy is just always in the box. I mean, he kind of plays like a hybrid linebacker to be honest. He's. I really like it. Yeah, and, and you know, you might say that's a little one-dimensional because he, he a lot of his highlights are run-related. He doesn't really play the pass that much. But I think it's because of how bad we were at the run is why I like it so much. He, he also, like Daxon Hill, can lay the boom on people. He, he's, he takes people out a lot. He kind of plays uh, middle-of-the-field zone coverage like a hybrid linebacker could. And... Uh, He's very, very solid, man. I'd really encourage you to like look at his tape as well, too, because he he is well with Daxton Hill. He recognizes screens and flats, and he just rushes and gets there quick. All sweeps outside. He's there. He's he reckon he's he, his play recognition is very, very high. That's good to hear. I mean, yeah, like you said, and like I said before, Steelers definitely have a type. Uh, people that they love looking at and people who aren't afraid to bring the boom and bring the hit. And uh, I I feel like you brought a lot of good options uh, from your side of the table. Um, And it'll be interesting, right? Like, uh, I I think we addressed a lot of offensive pieces. So I wouldn't be surprised if we went a lot of defense just to like really fix that treached, horrible run game or defensive run game that we had uh, last season. And I think that they, you know, they might go more defense than we think, just because that that's what they might lean on heavily. It sounds mm-hmm. like Tomlin said this to Miles Jack, where he said we need defense to win a championship. 
and they might just try to roll with uh, an old school plan of just we're not going to give up more than 13 points a game. We're hoping we can score 14. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Jacksonville almost did it when they had Blake Bortles on their team. Like, that defense was a a beast. Uh, 2008, it's not like Ben was the best quarterback in the world, but he's definitely better than Blake Bortles. Um, But that defense was amazing. Yeah, Yeah, and and I know the NFL has changed, but Trent Dilfer has a ring from playing with a good defense. Who? Exactly. Uh, no, but yeah, I, 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 is, but. I guess to end, end the thing, I mean, he's definitely not bad in pass coverage, but um, yeah, he, he is super, super solid tackler and he recognizes the gameplay. It, it totally makes sense why the Steelers are in love with a player like Jaquan Brisker, because he he just can attack the run so well. You know, and I do think regardless of if we do get Tyron Matthew or if we sign back Terrell Edmonds, it might not be a bad idea to get a safety anyway, because I think after that, uh, I think it's Miles Killebrew is the backup. And then after that, right. Trey Norwood. And then, uh, you know, Tushu McGee or something like that. Like I, <laughs> and, tra- and Trey Norwood truly is, is more like uh, Minka's backup. Yeah. So, yeah, you you would be right to say that, like, there isn't really someone behind if we would get those guys back. And I think these would be great guys to, especially getting someone like uh, Matthew. I think these three guys I named, besides Hamilton, I think Hamilton would be if we don't get Matthew. But uh, these two guys, for sure, these last two guys I I named, Jaquan and and Daxton, they'd be great people to learn behind Tyron Matthew and then really excel the following year. Yeah, because it seems like they have already a ton of potential. They they love the game, looking at their tapes and everything. And like Dom said, I do encourage all of you listening to watch the tapes of these guys. Uh, we're just trying to give our honest opinions and thoughts and, and tell you why we feel like they would be a good fit for the black and gold. Um, but yeah, I mean, it regardless of if we sign or anything, I, I we we need depth at every position. Uh, and it, it would be exciting for those guys to even learn under those uh, top talents for the future of our organization. Right. So now Chris, Chris has got a little bit of later names of safeties and they're uh, I've reviewed those and there's one I really like, but I'll let Chris take the floor and uh, take it away. Uh, I feel like I know exactly which one you like and it's going to be my last one. (laughs) Yep. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, Uh, Looking at the later rounds, you know, and I think this is definitely a big thing to look at because safety is still like, like we literally just said, safety is such a big thing that we could get a big depth piece for. And if we do sign a guy, I don't expect us to go higher up in the draft with safety, but we could get these guys maybe in later rounds, such as uh, three and beyond. Uh, So um, first guy that I'm going to talk about is uh, actually actually someone that has potential around two, but into round three talent. And that's uh, Jalen Petrie, safety out of Baylor. Um, so watching Baylor's tape, uh, first thing you notice is that literally everyone on their team is a bunch of speedsters. I, I think one of their top guys uh, of their defensive backs, who I might bring up at a later time, Kalen Barnes, ran like a 4-2-3 or something. It was crazy. But... Uh, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Mr. Petrie. Uh, the thing I like about Petrie is he he's he's really quick. He's he's able to close off a lot of gaps super quickly, and his ability to, j- to jump in front of routes is just uh, it it almost seems effortless. 
uh, to be honest, you know, um, he's, he's pretty good in the open field. Uh, he's, he's able to kind of ball hawk and watch down. I, he had a number of picks, uh, from the highlights that I was watching and it was really exciting to see, um, you know, and especially at the conference that Baylor plays in, I know they see uh, a lot of better talent at quarterback. So, uh, seeing him actually jump in front, uh, and, and being able to make some of these plays rather than, you know, seeing some of these duck passes kind of come their way. It was, it was nice to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aside I'm watching that, every, every time Chris, uh, kind of talks about players, I like to watch the highlights as he's talking about them. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I gotta agree. He looks the, these picks, he's getting a lot of picks and they're very effortless. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, and he's really quick, which which honestly, the combine really did not show that compared to all the other guys. He ran a four four six, which is pretty fast. But like like I said before in in an earlier podcast, this was an unbelievable uh, forty yard time like combine. Like I think so many guys ran that like upper four twos, low four threes, to where like a four four six. That's that's not bad speed uh, by any means, um, but he's he's quick and he has a lot of lateral quickness. He can get from one side of the field to the other, which is nice. Uh, standing at a tall uh, five foot eleven, so just under that six foot. <laughs> uh, he's one hundred ninety eight nice. pounds, uh, and he didn't really do a whole lot uh, at the combine. I mean, he he got a lot of good reactions there. Uh, from some of the positives that I read is that he has a lot of quick processing and, and his eyesight is just really fast, meaning he can just kind of pick up on plays really quickly and and decide right then and there if he's going to try to go for it or think better off to just kind of uh, play a supportive role, uh, which is definitely a good thing that you need. Um, you know, he's uh, really good at being proactive with run support. And I, what I like about his run support is he's way more involved in wrapping up uh, than just trying to smack the living crap out of someone, uh, which is, which is always nice. Uh, the downside. Yeah, yeah. The downside that I read on him is that he's kind of listed as having some tight hips. So when he's breaking out of routes, uh, maybe he can get locked up or, uh, you know, pushed off quite a bit by other receivers. Um, and he lacks like that pure speed at safety, uh, which is kind of surprising being a four, four, six time, but you know, receivers are fast, man. They're getting, they're getting faster, uh, by the year. It seems like, so, I mean, um, Hamilton's a four five nine. So yeah, but I mean, are you going to throw over a nine foot tall person? Right. Exactly. So he could be 10 yards behind the person and he'd still probably catch it because he's that tall. You know, I wasn't I wasn't really hyped on the safety class. I didn't really think there was a lot of talent there, but uh, yeah, he's got really good tape too. I mean, I, yeah. I think I, I wouldn't mind him in a, a later round as well. Like you had mentioned, maybe a, a third or even a fourth. Even I think would not be too bad. It'd be pretty sweet. Uh, his stats for last year: he had seventy-five total tackles, uh, three and a half sacks, uh, two interceptions, and seven pass deflections. So he's definitely makes Perfect. his presence known. All right, well, who's next up on your list? All right, so uh, I got something cooking for you. Okay. Cook away. Did you, did you like? Uh, so I'm cooking. <laughs> I'm not cooking. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm actually going to be talking about my boy, Brian Cook. Oh! Out of Cincinnati. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, my Cook. guy's right. Brian Cook, to me, uh, was honestly one of my f- more favorite players to watch for tape. I talked to Dom about it, and he definitely looked at it as like a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really as high on this guy as you are, but I, I, I think I just maybe had wide eyes for this guy. Um, he is a very, very hard-hitting safety and he's not afraid to lay the boom. Um, I think probably 60% of his highlight tape is just him smacking the heck out of literally any kind of runner or receiver, Um, and he's just not afraid to get in there. Um, He might present some struggles in the NFL as guys have, you know, better times bouncing off of hits, Uh, but he, he definitely likes to make his presence known, and he plays with a lot of confidence and grit, which is uh, really nice. Um, he does need to be better about wrapping up, uh, in my own personal opinion. Like I said, it seems like he just likes to lower that shoulder and try to rely on pure momentum to get guys down. Um, but I don't know how well that's going to last, but he is, he's actually a pretty good size safety. He stands at six foot one and he's 206 pounds. So he's got some beef to him, uh, sure. which is nice. Um, I, 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 I like, think like the that's like a main problem with the Steelers' defense is people don't wrap up. So that's kind of a cause for concern that he already doesn't do that. But it means he'll mm-hmm. fit right in. Right. So. I will say what I did like about him too is I felt like he was equally good in both the run and the coverage. I, I felt like seeing him on the pass plays, he's very aggressive. He gets his hands up. Sometimes it might get him into a little bit of a trouble because he's very handsy and that could get some P.I., uh, calls, but um, I think it just he's he's very good at just not giving up on a play, and he can get his hands up and kind of swat away at balls. Um, and I really loved how fast he can just close a gap with his speed. It was very impressive to me. Um, and it, it, it's it's kind of funny I say that because his forty time at his pro day, he didn't participate in the combine, but his forty time at his pro day was a four five nine, just like Kyle Hamilton. Hmm, sure. So, um, but some, Brian Cook, the the sneaky speed, you know. Yeah, exactly, and I definitely think that's what he's got cooking for him. Nice, thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, that will not be overplayed see, at all, for sure. Uh, well, definitely not. <laughs> uh, and his stats for last season, he had ninety six total tackles, so he's definitely all over the place. Uh, he had one sack, two interceptions, and nine pass deflections. So he also uh, makes his presence known, and he was a part of Cincinnati's big success last season. So very true. Uh, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Let's move on to the last one you got, buddy. My favorite name uh, of the, on the list. I, uh, I, you know, I think I think we we don't really have to talk about this guy. Oh. All right, that's it then. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm joking. Oh. I'm oh, joking. Oh, oh, yes, please. Uh, Let's talk about the, the legend. The man, the myth. Maybe a little smoke. Hey, Dom, Dom, how did, so how would you describe your Mondays? Uh, it's hard to see. What? Hard to see? I mean, uh, you, you got glasses on. Why is it hard to see? Because of all the smoke, baby. And I want it. Are you- are you talking about Smoke Monday, the safety out of Auburn? No, I'm talking about doing illegal drugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> Smoke Monday. Uh, so, yeah, my last guy is Smoke Monday, safety out of Auburn. 
Uh, Smoke Monday is an absolute fiend. I watched his tape and I was impressed immediately. Uh, literally the very first three clips that I saw were all pick sixes. Uh, and for returning, I think, I think the first one was like a hundred plus yard return. Um, not only that, but an, another one of his pick sixes was against the, uh, national champions, of, uh, Alabama that year, uh, against Mac Jones. Uh, so, I mean, that's always a good sign when you can make super good plays off of big teams like that. Um, I smoke Monday. I had, you know, a lot of good things to, to, uh, I, I, let me rephrase this. I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Smoke, Smoke Monday was a very impressive player. I think he plays super great on the outside. Uh, and not only for coverage, but also when stopping the run. Uh, I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but him, the closing of gaps for some of these guys uh, when you know running backs are going to the outside, it's just impressive. He's able to get through any kind of blocks and just kind of, uh, stick it to his man. So I, I really enjoyed it. Now, uh, we're kind of following a theme, Dom. And I think that that theme is uh, guys that literally just like to hit people. Yeah. It's, it's, and I think, I it's think not, we're missing the, the fear from the Steelers. That's what we're missing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I literally remember one tape in particular uh, where I've never seen a dude get hit so hard that he gets lifted off of both feet. And he literally twirls about six times in the air before falling. And uh, you know who laid that? That was Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday laid that hit. And it was yeah, impressive. Yeah. That he was a grown it. man. That was a grown man. Probably had a kid or something. But, like, man, he was definitely contemplating a lot of things after that hit. Um, <laughs> Smoke Monday comes in at six foot two, 196 oh, wow. pounds. So, he's a taller guy. Um, and he was clocked in at about a 4.5240 time. Um, from what I read about his biggest concerns are definitely in the passing game. Uh, just kind of like open field stuff and being able to latch onto a guy in coverage. Um, maybe getting burned a little bit, uh, with play action stuff. Um, it tends to be a big control. He, he, I, I read that he's, he plays a bit too gullible. Um, which isn't, isn't a great thing, but, uh, at the same time, I think he makes up for it with a lot of his play style. Um, and last season, you know, he had 63 total tackles, uh, two sacks an interception and five pass deflections. Uh, you know, they have him going at about that round four or five, maybe into a six, even that might be a little mean, but, um, I mean, for that kind of talent to drop that far, it might not be a bad pickup for the Steelers to get, uh, depending on you know signings and things like that. So, now we don't have a four, we don't, we don't have a fifth round pick, but um, a fourth rounder, I think would for the for the type of talent that he is, because I believe he can return too, right? So the type of the, uh, the type of talent he is is good. Yeah. Uh, I actually forgot to mention too. So the three pick sixes that he had um, is actually ranked number four all time in SEC football history. And he's tied with uh, Eddie Jackson and mm-hmm. Eric Berry. Uh-huh. And, and what's also cool about that is there, we know someone who stands at number one on that list, Tom. Oh, personally? 
Uh, yep, it's our father, Eldon Paskowski. He is <laughs> no, okay. Uh, no, Minka Fitzpatrick is actually the yes, number sir. one uh, person to return four uh, interceptions for touchdown to college. So he's he stands he's, with good company, and I, I I think that's really exciting. He's very electric with the ball in his hands, and I think if you get him in the fourth round or even later, I would say it's a win for sure. I would say it's a win too. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what. That, I think that wraps it up. Uh, my biggest takeaway from that conversation for everybody here is there's a lot of greater safety depth or safety players out there that I didn't even realize. So if we're getting a safety, I think there's a lot of great players you can get. Uh, now, again, I'd mentioned in the last podcast that when we drafted Trail Edmonds, there was other ones I liked better and we didn't get them. So who knows? They might end up getting Lewis Sign, who I don't think is very good at all. Um, but that's probably, but I think there's a lot of great options out there. Uh, so something to be excited for, something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it's something to be very excited for. You know, I think there's a lot of hope in this draft, more than we originally thought at the safety position, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, it's it just, you know, keep your heads up. I think good things will happen. Uh, and I, I think there's a lot of options out there for us, which is huge. So next week, we'll be talking about another position that the Steelers are in need for. Maybe we go offense again. Um, maybe we stay on defense because, like we mentioned, the Steelers are looking for a lot of defenders because I think they want to bolster, bolster that up. But we have, we have a lot of holes in general. Um, but we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, and you know, you can go on YouTube, too. We got little shorts. We got little funny videos here and there. Uh, I'm your host, Dominic. This is my host, Chris, otherwise known as Christopher, otherwise known as the man guy, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, man. That's me. My improv skills are really working at a high speed tonight, I think. <laughs> my brain capacity is uh. very small. And my actual brain is even smaller. But we want to thank uh, you for listening in to us ramble and jamble on. Chris, do you have any last thoughts? Nah, I was just going to say again, thank you all. Don't uh, forget to check out all the highlights that we uh, talked about today. I really encourage you guys to check these tapes out for yourselves and kind of build your own opinions. Um, but again, we thank you for listening and taking the time out of your day. Uh, to listen to episode five of the Northern Steel podcast. Again, follow us on all socials. Uh, and we look forward to talking with you next week. That has been the Northern Steel podcast. We wish you a groovy night. Peace out. <sighs>